0: Hi, I am Martin and this is Words That Change You. Words fly all around us, kind words, silly words, angry words, and they do so all day long. But how often does something written or spoken really feed our souls? Wouldn't it be nice if beyond the noise we could listen to words that make a difference, words that change us? In Words That Change You we'll examine words, events, concepts that have impacted us lately and see whether we could not glean some nuggets of wisdom to feed on, and some tools that apply that for our lives. Tune in, and be surprised. Wisdom. Have you ever heard to compliment or made it yourself? She's a really wise person. I confess that in the circles I run, I'm more likely to see people praised for being clever, witty, hardworking, or intelligent. Maybe this proves that I spent my life in the company of fools, but more probably it has to do with the fact that even if somebody were wise, how would we know it, let alone define it? Think yourself for a moment, whom in your own circle would you consider wise? In my case, three people immediately come to mind. The first is an 84-year-old priest, Monsignor Robert, who I get to see once a month for confession and a chat. He is very laid back, slow to speak, but when he does, you can tell that just about any situation or quandary I bring up, he has lived through, and thus he has some wise things to say about them. The second is the confrere of mine, who was my novice master when I joined my order. We of course spent a lot of time together during the years that I discerned my vocation, and he had an ability to listen, ask questions, and help me draw my own conclusions, without pushing me in one direction or the other. Yet I would not have been able to see so clearly without his subtle prompts. And finally, there's my late aunt Mitzi. She was not really an aunt, but our neighbor, yet over the years she and her husband became family to all of us. During the period that my sister and I sometimes struggled and locked horns with our parents, this couple was there to listen and counsel. What characterized Mitzi was a great humility as to her education, but an equally developed confidence in the lessons of life she had learned. She would tell my sister off if she was tempted to hook up with a man Mitzi did not approve of, and her intuition led her to give crucial advice, often without realizing it. A particular instance remains etched in my memory. Mitzi was in hospital, having been diagnosed with cancer. During one of the rounds, a new doctor appeared at her bedside. While he was discussing Mitzi's case with the other physicians, she took a look at him and said, "Doctor." I don't like what I see in your face. What is up with you?" Slight shock in the room, then the group of doctors moved on. An hour later that same doctor appeared on his own and confided in Mitzi that his family life was falling apart, and he did not know what to do about it. She was able to comfort him and give him some loving yet stern advice. We belabor these examples in the hope of jogging your own memory. So you can also come up with examples of wise people in your life. But how would we define what wisdom is? While that is not easy, a couple of distinctions might help. Education or knowledge are not necessarily the same as wisdom. As Einstein put it, quote, any fool can know. The point is to understand, end of quote. I knew a man who is highly intelligent and a brilliant scientist, but most of his friends would agree that he makes terrible choices in his life and pays dearly for them. He is clearly unwise. But the reverse can also be true. I worked with a man in Africa who did not even finish high school due to lack of opportunity and means. Yet just about every day he would come up with a saying that would stun me because he was so profound and wise. Let us now consider another angle. Are there authors or speakers that you would consider wise and not just brilliant? Again, two immediately come to my mind. One is Seth Godin, the American author of numerous books and host of a highly popular podcast. He thinks broadly, across a large number of disciplines, and comes up with very wise insights. The other day he wrote a riff about idéfix and the danger of not letting go. It was quite profound. Another author, if you do not consider this too easy of an example, is Viktor Frankl, the Viennese psychotherapist and author of *Man's Search for Meaning*. His advice has helped literally millions of people. two aspects stand out in this last example. Some of Frankl's insights were mined in the depths of concentration camps, and many people would claim that suffering, hardship and testing were essential in order to arrive at such wisdom. And most of Frankl's advice is not about other people, but about ourselves. As Rumi, the famous Islamic philosopher, says, quote, Yesterday I was clever, so I wanted to change the world. Today I am wise, so I am changing myself." End of quote. So wisdom is a quiet, often through an arduous process, and first changes us, before it impacts other people. How then do we become wise? The book of Proverbs in the Bible, part of the so-called wisdom literature, puts it very succinctly, quote, "...he who walks with wise men becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm." End of quote. Why would the company we keep impact our ability to be wise? We think this is intuitively obvious. We are social creatures and are influenced by those around us, especially those we admire and whose approval we seek. But it goes more deeply than that. Our friends and companions are the ones who know us best and who have the relationship to speak into our lives, if only we let them. This does not mean that every time we hang out with friends, we need to engage in philosophical discourse, but true friends, mentors and companions, if they are wise, will give us good advice, like my aunt Mitzi or Monsignor Robert, especially if they know that we won't bite their head off if their words are unpopular. And before long, we will become wiser. There are, of course, also other steps toward becoming a wise person. A friend of mine calls it learning to read to dance. What he means by that is a conscious attempt at reading between the lines in conversations and relationships in order to really grasp what is going on. A more scientific term for this important ability might be emotional intelligence. Another important practice is to recognize when we are about to let our lizard brain shape our decisions. That part of the brain is the instinctual, primitive, fight-or-flight department, and it uh, rarely allows us to be rational, let alone wise, about our behavior. Think of your anger welling up inside you during a business meeting, or your reluctance to repair relationships with a relative. Those are good examples of foolish moves inspired by our lizard brain. While we might not often praise others for being wise, most of us would like to be wise ourselves, able to negotiate life's problems with ease and success. So let us seek out wise people in our circle of acquaintances and listen to them. Let us be humble enough to learn from others, be it through their example or their writings, and slowly but surely others will seek us out for advice and friendship. This was Words That Change You with me, Martin Steinbereitner. It was produced by Fritz Lowy, Pierska Kacha and Jacob duby If you liked this episode, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or wherever else you get your podcasts. Also feel free to leave us feedback or questions on Facebook under Einstein Podcasts. Until next time.